Hi, and welcome to PowerNap. My name is John Walden, and I run the Walden Agency. On the pod, we'll be exploring a range of topics relevant to freelancers, agencies, and entrepreneurs in the tech and creative spaces. Joining me on the pod today is Aaron Carlson Sperandio. Um, Aaron is a professional writer who pr primarily works with founders and executives on their writing and communications needs. She's a ghostwriter, writing coach, and all around grammar nerd. And we're going to have to talk about that grammar nerd some. Uh, and as she likes to say, she helps professionals sound like the leaders they already are. Welcome to the pod, Aaron. Thank you for having me. So um, you're in Calgary, correct? Yes. And um, and you're working, you're a solo uh, agency of one, as we've been calling it. Uh, so you're not from Calgary, though. I am not from Calgary. I was born and raised in New York. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I only came to Calgary sort of in my mid-20s. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what, what was it? I mean, was it uh, work that brought you to Calgary? It was a relationship? relationship i met my now husband on uh on a vacation to the caribbean that was um 16 years ago okay and so yeah. um we said we were going to talk about tech first but i'm kind of you know just before we started recording you, you mentioned like your path um a little bit and so uh give me a you know we i'm a agency of one i'm solopreneur you're an agency of one solopreneur um, I, for me, I kind of have always been in and out of, uh, work for myself, like my whole life, uh, my work life, but you're, that's not how you ended up doing solo, solopreneur and the uh, move to Canada's piece of that as part of your path. Also yeah, professionally I, in a sense. yeah, I really think it is. I think, um, so at the beginning of, you know, my, my work life after university, I um, moved to California uh, to the Bay Area and I uh, ended up working for a Shakespeare theater company there for a while. And then I moved over to the Boys and Girls Clubs of San Francisco. And I was there in total, probably about three years or something. So then I moved, I moved back to New York eventually because my parents said, that's enough of that. It's time to come home. And um, that was, I was still young enough where I like listened to them. And, uh, <laughs> and and I, I came back and I started working for a public relations agency in Midtown Manhattan. And it's, you know, not dissimilar to something you'd see in Mad Men, kind of like the same sort of energy. I mean, not quite as much drinking at that point or smoking. <laughs> that, was, that was sort of started to be frowned upon at that point. But, um, you know, still, still like glamorous accounts and having to wear, you know, people still wearing, dressing up in suits and ties to come to work and things like that. Mm. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I actually worked in the uh, research department there. And during this time, I had met my, my now husband um, on vacation and I was head over heels for him. I was ready to leave my job in, in New York and just, and just come to Canada to be with him. I didn't, I felt like I didn't, I put him before the job, let's say, I mean, I was mm -hmm. young, you know, sure. please excuse me. And um, <laughs> no, I think so that I might be a balanced way of doing things actually. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked my boss if I could work remotely from Canada. And you have to remember, this is like 2005, 2006. And so working mm -hmm. remotely, I mean, especially this past year, like, yeah, working remotely, everyone does that. Who doesn't do that? But back then that was not a thing. And so uh, she actually miraculously said, yes, and I think that um, I'd like 
to think I was probably at the forefront at that time of like even the concept of working remotely and trying to make that work with technology and things like that. And I think that 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 started paving the way. I mean, even though I was technically, you know, so I moved to Canada and even though I was technically still working for someone else, I really started to get a taste of like the freedom that comes with when you're not in office all day. I mean, I yeah. was working, but I also took a run in the middle of the day or sometimes took a nap. You know? Right, <laughs> right. All of the things, and, you know, not to slack off, but those are just sort of like your body rhythm telling you what you need at that point in order to do your best work. Yep, yep. And I think after that, I could just, I could, I could never go back. Yeah, there's a guy here in the, I work in a co-working space and there's a guy here who does, he does the um, sitting nap. Yeah, oh, <laughs> It was very impressive. <laughs> I sometimes go to the car and do the leaning halfway back nap, and then I have to set an alarm so I make sure right. you know, that it's not dark by the time I wake up. Right. Right. Yeah, that's one of the great you know benefits of that um, of that remote work yeah. set of being able to to take care of yourself a little bit, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So vanguard of remote work, and then. Uh, so then you made at some point a transition from you weren't, you're not still working for that, uh, the PR firm. Right. Um, I kid, at the time kids had a lot to do with it. I just, I started a family and, you know, at that time just, um, decided that I wanted to be home with my kids and I didn't want to work. And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of quit my job basically, or anything I was into at the time. Yeah. And, um, and then it was only after I had kids that I realized this is really hard. I actually need to go back to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. I, I hadn't planned. I hadn't planned. Um, I sorry. I thought like my mom was a stay at home mom sort of basically throughout my childhood and that I think I turned out okay. So I thought that was something that I really wanted to do for my kids. And right. I just quickly realized that that's, that wasn't going to work. Um, for me or, or my family. So, so, but in order to go back, I, you know, I couldn't go back working for someone else. I, I needed to still have that flexibility to, you know, to also be there for my kids. And, um, right, right. yeah, so it just, um, so I think just, you know, for 10 plus years, I've been on my own. And, and that's yeah. been working. <clears throat> yes, that's definitely been working. Um, I think when it really, a real turning point for me, I mean, uh, I was pretty, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was, I was somewhat casual about it for the first five years or so. I just wanted to have like a little bit of, you know, keeping my foot in the door and a little bit of more income and stuff while my kids were really young. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point that I sort of, the attention I had time, you know, I had space to breathe again and could be like, okay, what am I actually doing with the rest of my life? Um, you know, my kids don't need me as much anymore. They they're in school now and, 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 and whatnot. Um, so that's around the time that I actually like consciously created a brand around, around my business, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, you know, um, sort of invested in a website and some upfront strategy and things like that, um, to really, to really hone in on what is it that I actually do and how do I communicate that to people? And ever since then, I've seen a huge difference and, and, and in myself too, I treat it as a real business now as before Mm -hmm. it was just like, um, more just freelancing, working a lot of white labeling for other agencies. Right. Right. Yeah. So you've, Mm -hmm. you've actually made that transition from, it wasn't a, I'm just going to, um, consciously set up an agency of one, I'm going to, my own business, a solopreneur, you started out doing gig work to use mm-hmm. that term. 
mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps and you know kind of keep your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And then there was a point where you said, "Okay, I got to get yeah. the t- next level. Time to stop doing that casually and do it in a more serious, focused way." That's exactly right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. so you kind of seen. I mean, a lot of folks um, that you know that I talk to, they came out of agency space and set up their own practice, mm-hmm. right? Like there was like a, I'm now going to just, you know, set up my own shop. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, but there's a lot of, also a lot of people who are in the freelance space and they kind of, you know, they don't know how to like, like what are the steps you get out of that? Right. How right. You, right. I will, I will say like, although that sounds like kind of a little bit wishy-washy, like, I don't know, just freelancing around and not, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I think it was actually, you know, for anyone who feels like that right now, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, now that I look back on that time when I, in between working for someone else and then, you know, really consciously setting up my own, my own business, it was critical to have that freelancing time because I said yes to so many different things that I probably wouldn't say yes to now necessarily that it, it helped me really figure out what my niche was. I had no idea before that. No idea at all. I didn't even know I was a professional writer Hmm. first and foremost before I started really freelancing because I was in the research department of a PR agency, which is, you know, lots of things, but you know, writing's part of it, but I wasn't like, a writer for, you know, that wasn't like the, the first thing on my, on my business card. I don't see freelancing as a wishy-washy place at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like both from, you know, and what you just said is really a, a great, great point about being able to try on a lot of different things as you're moving through. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is something you don't necessarily have to move ever stop being um, mm-hmm. because as we, as things are transitioning and um and work is more project based, even for larger projects, uh, you know, having the, that part of the ecosystem be vibrant is important. I 100% totally right. agree. I think you yeah. put a, make a really good point that like all work is really moving to project based. All of, you know, the retainers of <laughs> 20 years ago or whatever, they're not there anymore. It's, yeah, not, no. it's, not, it's not an expectation anymore. That that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I you agree. need you need people who are going to be the project managers and those people who are mm-hmm. kind of in an agency managing the relationship piece, but you also need mm-hmm. people who are going to be like, I am really good at doing this thing. And I'm, you know, and I don't want to work for just one agency. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't want that. You know, like I don't want to be reliant upon the biz dev people in that agency to bring good work to me. I want to find my own good work. You know, mm-hmm. that, that piece is, I think, a, a, a vital part of that ho- overall, the success of that new ecosystem. Yeah, I totally agree. You can be, you can be really successful just being the best at what, at your craft. Yeah. Yeah. So you. so you talked about transitioning into being a, um, your own business, your own, you know, like looking at it that way and setting up the website and your positioning and things like that. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about, you know, kind of what was the, what was the, the, the journey there? Um, I think I started to actually feel really unhappy in the, just the, the freelancing mm-hmm. space. If we just want to kind of call the line of demarcation for me, for my personal story, the freelancing versus solopreneur, like that, yep, that yep. 
division. Um, I think I started to feel really unhappy and unsatisfied, um, in particular, not owning the relationships because I was doing so much white labeling for other agencies mm-hmm. that I just started to feel like a hired hand and uh, it wasn't, it didn't feel satisfying because then I wouldn't be like, you know, the communication, there would be communication breakdowns. And I found myself because I, that my head was the first to roll sometimes because I was the most dispensable <laughs> and I hated that, uh-huh. you know, because yeah, yeah. I didn't own the relationship. And yeah. so I think that was really key for me. I feel much happier now uh, when I am much more satisfied that like when I do a project with a client, I, uh, you know, you get, <laughs> you also, ha- you know, I know what they're happy about. I know what they're unhappy about. I have the, I have the, I'm under way more control to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I can totally resonate with that because uh, you also, I'm, I'm in the strategy space very strongly. And um, I have had the experience of delivering, here's the strategy. They built a package, they sold to the client, you know, in a white label context, and then you're done. And you you don't know if they executed well, you don't know if it was a, you know, where you might. (laughs) Totally. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. You you just sort of like, and don't get me wrong. There's some days when things, you know, aren't going how I wanted them. I'm just like, Oh God, I wish I could just like press send (laughs) someone else's problem. Go Mm -hmm. on to the, you know, collect a check, move on. Right. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. But in the long run that I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with that. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. I hear that totally. So what are some of the, um, when you went about kind of fi- focusing in on, on where you're, where you are now, well, what was, you know, did, were there things that you just like, you know, got the saw out and pruned that branch off and I'm never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. Or did you have to transition? Um, there was a few moments of just, especially in the white labeling where I had to actually uh, one, one, one client in particular was actually bringing in quite a good little, um, you know, sort of consistent income for me, but I knew that I wasn't actually the best. I think they just stuck with me because they always, because I was, they, you know, there was some sort of like level of apathy on everyone's part. They were too lazy to look for someone else. Mm. I was too lazy to like tell them I wasn't the right fit. Um, so, uh, there were a few instances where I had to be like, walk away from, from income and be like, you know what, I'm not the best writer for this. I'm actually not doing a good job for you. And actually that made me really unhappy too, to feel like I was never really doing the best job that someone else maybe could for a particular type of project. And then also uh, now at these, at these, these days, I will never take on like a headline writing project, like, like, like ad writing headlines. No. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to learn the, you know, kind of the hard way that that's not. That's and if you act I, now, that's not what anyone, yeah, that's not what anyone should be hiring me for. Right. <laughs> well, I like, I like your definition of you help uh, professionals sound like the leaders they already are. I mean, t- tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I uh, love to work with like people who are, you know, seasoned experts in their field. Um, they are respected. They've had long careers and, you know, really interesting lives and stories and things like that. But honestly, and, you know, and there's a desire there, they know they have a story within them. They know that they're, you know, what, you know, their skills and their experience is valuable, but um, honestly, who has the time to write? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very, it's hard. It's time consuming. 
And some people just have no interest in that. And so I think I really help them, you know, communicate in the way, you know, they're there, but that doesn't make their, their stories any less interesting or valuable. So I want, I help on the bridge that helps them get their stories out there. Like they're the expert. I'm not, I'm just like the conduit. Do you, in, in, in that process, are you like, you have ways of kind of drawing their story out of them or they're, you know, just sitting there and going, I, press the button and they started telling me everything. <laughs> oh, many ways, many, many ways. I, I, my, my, um, my, the way I best gauge if something's going well and then if I'm really getting like the good stuff out of someone, I mean, it, I mean, of course also like I have long relationships where I've known my clients for like four or five years and then, you know, we're in a much different place of trust and things like that. But like at the, no, no. at the, at the beginning, I feel like I've done my job properly when the client walks out of the meeting saying, thank you for the therapy. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, well, that was a good, that yeah. was, that was a good connection. Right on. Right on. Yeah. You know, we were talking a lot, a lot about the, the positives of, of this game and of being a solopreneur. And I'll, I'll tell you, I don't, you know, for me personally, I don't really know how to do it another way mm -hmm. you know like uh, I, for me it's like i i'm uh, an, i'm an annoying person to have as a as an employee i i, I realize having looked back at my weird career I, I realized that part of my i can't live in that world like mm -hmm. I, I i'm just I haven't really figured out how to build it. You know, like I, I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, know how to live in this world of being a solopreneur. I mean, it's a constant, <laughs> constant, constant, like education. What are yes, some of the things yes. that the challenges that you experienced on that side? Oh my God. I say all the time to my husband, when I've had a bad day, I'll just, I'll throw my stuff on the ground. I'll be like, I'm so tired of having valuable lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So sick of it. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I think you, I think you said exactly right. It's like, I don't even know how to operate in a world where someone else is telling me what to do anymore, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that this world that we're choosing to be in is any easier, but it's at least uh, more interesting, maybe more mm -hmm. you, or you and, or feels like you have more freedom. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it, well, I mean, you, you, yeah. there's the autonomy thing, right? There's that piece. <clears throat> but as a good friend of mine said, um, uh, you know, with that uh, choice comes the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, right. How does that, you know, that, that thing where you're um, yeah, I can do today with what I, anything I want to do. Mm hmm right? I have the autonomy. I can, mm -hmm. I can position myself and uh, say yes to clients and no to clients. Mm -hmm. It's not like I have, you know, 10 people that I'm responsible for bringing in work for that I have to like make bad decisions about clients. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's that, you know, that somewhat exists more or less, uh -huh. uh, yeah. but there's also the downside of like, now I've got to be the one that makes that choice. That's right. That's right. And now I, in a, you know, and I, and you're right. I have to structure my day. I still have to be responsible. I, I'd much rather do a million other things sometimes than, you know, the, the work in front of me. 
yeah. and there's no yeah. one to really tell me that I, you know, have to have to buckle down. I mean, yeah. eventually <laughs> at some point, if, you know, you're not delivering for your client, it's going to be a problem, but, um, yeah. yeah, you know, do you work yeah. at home? I have an office, um, sort of in the more of the downtown area. Uh, this year mm. I have to admit, I've been kind of thrown off routine just like everybody else. Right. And, um, and I've been at home more than I probably should be. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. We've had mm-hmm. so much positive press about the work from home and remote work and everything. And we'll see, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I know. Um, so, so uh, I guess one of the things that for me, that's, that's hard is even though I do set a boundary and I do, you know, leave and come to work and I do come back home I, I, I got a desk set up at home back in March of last year because, you know, we were all quarantining or whatever that was. Um, and, uh, you know, so even I wasn't even able to come to the co-working space until I realized mm-hmm. you know, after about two months in, I realized that nobody was going to the co-working space. So I could just go there. I had access. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but now I find myself you know, kind of working like I, I, my, my wife, let me set up a, a whiteboard in the living room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when back in March, you know, like of Your last wife year. is nicer than I am. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, two boys, you know, pretty much everything is a running train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear that too. <laughs> uh, so I find myself, you know, working after dinner. You know, and I find myself working on the weekend and I find myself, you know, being, now, were you I, doing that pre-COVID? Not you better boundaries before. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I didn't have a desk set up. So if I was working, I was sitting, you know, Oh, I see. I wasn't able to return to my desk and right. Right. And, right. you know, open a workspace and get going. Um, right. So it was much more difficult to be that focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, are, are you, I mean, I know we had a back and yeah. forth and you talked about taking time off and recharging. Did, yes. did that get killed by COVID or was that already? Yeah. Um, I think this year, I think it, it's, it's been bubbling up for a long time, but I think like in the past, you know, we have had like a, vacation planned or something where I absolutely like even if I what I absolutely had to take vacation like because we you know we're going right. to Mexico or Costa Rica or something like I definitely like I would it, it was in the mind to tell clients two months from now I'm on vacation and and that's that and so I think I was much more vigilant about it it's it's still believe me it's still like work has always bled into vacation time anyways. And, and that's mm-hmm. always been sort of an issue, but not like now, now that there's like no vacations planned from f- like f- from now until forever, there's nothing, <laughs> there's no like hard stop that's telling me that I, you know, that I need to tell clients that I'm away these, these couple of weeks. Like, can mm-hmm. I still work for them? Yeah, kind of. I'm trying to take some time off, but I don't really have to. And, you know, and it's just, there's no, boundaries at all anymore like I like that word you're saying I used to I think I used to proudly say to clients clients would be like well can I call you at night or can are you going to be working on the weekend is it okay if I text you I'm like I have no boundaries at all but I guess I 
and it's and that's fine but i guess i did i just didn't realize that i kind of had had boundaries but mm. now like there's truly no boundaries and i really feel like um i am i feel like i'm coming to the to the end of the line right now like right. i have to <laughs> i i and i think because i'm not yeah i got i i'm feeling burnt out yeah to maximus more yeah. in a, in a way i mean i i think it's like I think there's like a collective, not to sound like get start getting too crazy here, but like, you know, there's just some sort of collective energy that mm -hmm. in the world that's making, that's, that's making everything even more that much more. Yeah, no, I exhausting. think, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's, there's this, uh, I think part of it's the pandemic and, you know, social issues, at least in the United States that have been really getting more and more pressing. Mm -hmm. um, that too. I think everybody would love it if we could just, you know, like that thing of like, okay, can we just take a break from reality? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. like I need, I need to, I need to decompress. Yeah. And there's, where can you go? Where right? I go. Yeah, right. I you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like literally, I mean, I, I do have my office and I should go there more often, but right now on this podcast, I'm sitting at my, my home office desk that's in my bedroom. Yep. So <laughs> I need to take a break. Yep. And go to my bedroom, which is where my office is anyways. You yeah. know, like there's no break. Yeah, yeah no, there's no. Yeah, I totally with that. Totally with that. And that's like that, that way in which, I mean, at least we have a recognition as a, you know, as a solo entrepreneur, you have that recognition that you are actually consciously creating a workspace. Mm -hmm. Whereas imagine if you were just sent home, uh, you know, yeah. with under your arm and like now you're going to work from home and you didn't really have that as part of your yes that would be much harder you know yes. like now i'm you're literally you know like the my work invaded my living room your work invaded your bedroom you know it's like yeah. that's not what those rooms are for yeah yeah right exactly <laughs> you know yes I, I yeah i mean i everything's been so thrown off and you're so right like working for yourself for a long time i'm used to kind of again, having the flexibility to be home or not, or be at the office, do whatever I want. But I felt like way more sort of um, um, healthy about my routine, I guess. Yeah. Like it was, it was a balance that worked and made sense on a daily basis and, and all of these things. And now it's just like, it's just a free for all right now. Right. Uh, right. So we have to claw back to some level of yeah. normal, right? So, yeah. mm -hmm. so, um, what you know i'm we're kind of running to the end of the show what i want to say is um you know kind of what comes up for me is is uh you know one of the things you don't have as a solopreneur is you don't have office mates and yes. you're, you're not in a cohort of people who are like you in that same way so we kind of have to reach out and 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 offer some accountability to each other yeah right mm -hmm. so i'll offer you this if you'll if you'll take it i promise and I'll check in with you that I'm going to make sure that I get out on what my recharge is, which is to get out on the trails and do some uh -huh. walking at least uh -huh. a couple of times a week. What's your, what, what are you going to do to recharge? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot or anything, but. <laughs> I'm going to take the last two weeks of April off for starters. That's, that's it. I, I have, I have said that to the world. Anyone can like, I am taking a staycation and that is my first that I need to be held accountable to that. So I if I send you an email off. in the last two weeks of April, you're not going to respond. 
I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get an out of office responder. If I yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up here right now. Yeah, it is. Real soon that here. Is. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Wow. Cool for you. I'd love to have you back. Um, maybe in a af- after your staycation. After your staycation. <laughs> Do not email me. <laughs> no, you're allowed. You're allowed. You're not okay. working. <laughs> cool. All right. So it's been really awesome chatting and, and thank you so much for being on the pod. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah. I'll talk to you okay. soon. All Bye-bye. right. Bye.